Welcome to Designers Drink, the podcast where I sit down with other designers over a drink, of course, ask them about their inspiration, their creative process, and their definition of success. No small things. Today, I'm talking to Drew Workington. He was born and raised in Canada. Um, He went to the Ontario College of Art and Design and is now living in San Diego. He's done work for Yale, the United Nations, and my personal favorite, FreshBooks, to name but a few. Drew has worked for Airbag Industries, Happy Cog, and 31.3. Recently, he has started freelancing again. Unfortunately, this episode was one of those learning experiences that you wish you didn't have to have. Pro tip, use save as instead of save when editing a podcast. That way, if you delete your interviewee's vocal track, you'll have something to go back to. As you can probably guess, I deleted the track and have nothing to go back to. (laughs) Um, So the first half of this interview is just lost. Here is my recap of it. Drew drank a St. Archer's Pale Ale, and because St. Archer doesn't yet distribute to Austin, I drank a Live Oak Pale Lager. It was quite nice. We talked about how the craft beer scene has influenced us and our design. In short, the craft beer scene isn't just about the beer, it's about the community. And the parallels are similar with design. Design is more than just what you see. It's more than the visuals. It's about everything that you don't see, too. It's about how things work and how things could work better. We talked about learning how to network authentically, that networking is, at its core, getting to know people. And yes, it complicates things when you add the stress of needing to get work in order to pay the bills, in order to live. But at the end of the day, it's really about finding the right match between client and designer. One of my favorite parts of the interview was Drew explaining how design is like farming. It's about cultivating. You go into a project with a goal in mind, and you have to figure out the best way to accomplish that goal. In farming, your goal is food, and your plan revolves around crop cycles. In design, your goal is to solve some problem, and your plan revolves around solving that problem most efficiently, within budget, and on time. Drew went on to explain that just like caring for a garden extends past the initial planting phase, caring for a brand's design or website extends past the initial launch. There will always be future problems to solve. Uh, The books he recommended every designer read were Scrum and Designing for Emotion, and links will be provided on the podcast episode page at designitplease.com. We pick up our conversation about client and project management here, so enjoy. How often do you send the client something? Another app that I I use on a daily basis is Envision. Um, 
that's where I post all my work. Um, and then I'll post that into Slack. Mm -hmm. But I am posting to a client, uh, like a high frequency would be like multiple times a day. Um, like could be 10, 10, 10 iterations, wow. uh, maybe. Um, just to like knock through like a certain specific detail. Mm -hmm. um, or it would be like, you know, once every couple of days, a couple of times different people have been like, you are so f like fast at, at turnarounds. And, and I'm like, well, I'm like, I need you to look at this. Like I, it's, it's critical for me to like have your input. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, like the work I do, uh, if I, if I, if I work on it iteratively, um, it's much stronger. It's a solution that, uh, addresses the problem more specifically mm -hmm. and accurately. Um, and that comes with iteration. Yeah. That's interesting. I think I'm going to try that out more with some of my current projects. On one hand, um, I have Mike Montiero in the back of my head telling me to be the expert and to take lead on the project and to make all the decisions and just go to the client for approval after you explain it to them why you did it the way that you did it. Um, and the other side of my head is what you're saying. No, I need their input and I need them to like it and they might have feedback that I mm -hmm. need. Yeah. I, 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 I try to, I, I try to explain that to every client that I have is, is that like, sure, you're hiring me to be a designer. Um, but re really what we're doing here is we're, you're, we're striking up a conversation and, um, you are the you are the keeper of your site you are you are the person that understands it more so than i could ever understand it mm -hmm. um and you know like when when my time is done with a client they still they're still there you know and they've been there for x amount of years before i even got there and for me not to use that as a resource um and for me to think that i know the answer um to some extent, sure, we need to come up with a solution, but that solution comes from conversation, understanding the client's needs, um, having those, like having the, like making design part of the conversation, posting something so that it's not like this holy grail kind of object. It's, it's something that could be torn apart. It can be reworked completely. Um, you know, and I'm comfortable with that. You know, I'm comfortable with something that I post not addressing the problem properly. Mm. You know, you have a very humble approach. Uh, yeah, I, it's it, it's part of my nature. It's part of my nature in life, but it really works with it. Really, really works with projects. I am in no way do I like. I, I really struggle with the idea of like, even, even being interviewed feels weird. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like I have much to offer, but, um, you know, I'm definitely not a designer that likes to be in the limelight. Um, I'd rather, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the song hurricane by Bob Dylan yeah. and, and he's just like, you know, you know, uh, it's my work he'd say, and I do it for the pay. And when it's over, I'll just get on my way. 
And um, not that I just do my work for the pay, but um, I am a very, very humble designer for sure. And that's just the way I'm in life. Do you practice creativity and do you see creativity as something that needs to be practiced? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely think that you can take breaks from creativity. Um, I think you need to rest. Uh, rest is important, be it on a daily basis or just, you know, taking a month off if you can, you know, just doing something different. I would love it if, you know, I was Picasso and uh, everything I did was like brilliant from the time I was born. Mm. Um, you know, that would be a blessing and a curse, but um, that's not the way that I've grown as a creative. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first started doing web design and I was like, I was like, what, what am I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I have like no idea. Like I can't believe I'm being paid for this. <laughs> and, and um, you know, but it was like, it was like steps, you know, it was like, it's like if I make a step today, be it a big step or a small step, um, that to me feels like, uh, like I'm, I'm doing this correctly. Like I'm, I'm improving myself. I'm, 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 I'm being a better creative and, um, you know, some days are better than others, but you know, you see work that you did like a decade ago and you see what you're doing now. And, uh, you can, you can see how you've improved and, uh, and that, that is all about the practice. You know, it's almost like going to the gym, getting out there and going for your run every day or every other day or whatever you do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have to, you have to keep that muscle, uh, uh, working. As an independent worker, what does your daily routine look like? It's a good question. Uh, so I wake up at seven and, uh, you know, uh, my kid just finished her school year, but, um, it's, it's typically I'd walk her to school. Um, and then I get back into my studio, um, and, uh, you know, sipping coffee, checking emails, uh, reading blogs, reading news articles, catching up on Twitter, um, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, checking Slack, seeing if there's any pressing issues with the clients, um, talking to people that I know. Um, I, I keep it pretty relaxed early on in the mornings. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really like to, to get too, like it takes a bit, you know, like it's, it's not something that you can just jump into. Right. It takes, it takes some time. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, probably really like a, approaching lunch is where, you know, you start to like kind of turn on in terms of productivity and, um, and then it just kind of ebbs and flows, um, throughout the day. And I, I, I think that that's a, a part of the part of being an independent is that I'm not, it's really not like an hourly gig. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, again, it's like, you know, I, I give as much as I can to my client, but part of that is like my ability to think, and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was just talking to Greg's story the other day and he said, thinking is the new design. And I was like, dude, you are so right. <laughs> and, um, 
I think that, you know, thinking is part of it. So like going for walks, going for a run, um, you know, to, pulling away from the screen and just like letting things kind of sit in your brain and, um, and, and allowing yourself that sort of liberty in your day and feeling that it's actually part of your job. Right. Not just um, production. Yeah. It's not like I'm just, yeah. And it's not like if you step away from your computer, you're not, you know, you're not unplugging from the project at all. You know, um, like I, I think that the idea of just sitting in front of your screen means you're working is ridiculous. Um, I think that as a creative, you need to like make sure that you, you know, get the blood flowing and, and walk around a bit um, and, uh, and then come back to it. So like, I don't really have like a, a, a super structured day, um, but it's, it's more or less when I need to take a break and when I need to like, just when I feel like I'm not being productive in front of the screen, I'll step away and do something else for a bit. And, uh, and then when I'm kind of uh, approaching my end of the day, it's like, I, I, I've done it for so long that it's like you, uh, you get to the end of the day and you're just kind of, you're just kind of done. Mm -hmm. and it's just like, I, I just, I, I'm not a late night designer. Um, I love turning off at around five o'clock mm -hmm. um, and then just going and spending time with the family and then just kind of doing that. Uh, it's kind of perpetual. Um, that's kind of like my, um, my clock. Um, yeah. Yeah. I understand that. That's one of the things I like most about, working for myself is that if I feel like I need to go to the gym in the middle of the day to get out from behind the computer and get the juices flowing in a new way, I have the flexibility to do that. And that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, I think, and I hope, I really do hope that that's the future of work in general. Um, yeah, me too. I, I think that, yeah, there probably are some industries that that isn't possible, but I think that a big part of a big part of it for me is there's there's this trust aspect with relationships with clients. And if a client trusts you to like, you know, maybe you're not pushing pixels all day, but you are giving them everything that you can. And part of that is knowing when to like not push pixels mm -hmm. and like do something else. Um, and if they if they are okay with that, then you know that just makes it so much like more fun, and it feels like it feels like human. Right. And and I think I think that that's where our industry is going. Um, I think that like that just just bring we're not robots. We're we're we are human beings, and we need to take breaks. Um, and I think I think that that is the future. Mm -hmm. I hope so. I hope so too. How do you go from nothing with a project to starting and then ending up with something awesome? Good question. A designer came up to me the other day, it was a couple of weeks ago, and, and he was like, yeah, he, was, he asked that exact question. He was just like, you know, I need to pick your brain on the client tells you what they want. And, and then you go from like absolute, like, a, like a, the abyss of like nothing. And then all of a sudden you build this whole system and you have like, you know, you start building all these patterns out and, and then eventually, you know, the design comes into play and uh, you know, 
all of a sudden there's a one day there's a, a live site that um, is is designed by Drew, and um, it was weird because I used to look at it like that. Like I used to think that you were creating something from nothing, and that really scared me. Like mm. I always like I always felt like you know there's got to be a better way to like approach this as as a as a career and um and i started to look at it more like sculpture and you know i think about like uh the way that a sculpture happens sculpture happens from um like there's different ways of sculpting but uh you know the, the way that people typically look at sculpting is there's a big block mm -hmm. and and then they start chipping away at it mm -hmm. so the thing in which you're going to design is actually already there mm. um it's just that no one can see it yet mm -hmm. so it's not invisible it's not something that isn't like without form it's just it's inside of whatever it is that you're working with and the, the job as a as a of a designer is to is to chip away and to like reduce it's about it's a it's a reduction process um, in my opinion, mm. um, it's not an additive thing. Um, and so if you start looking at it that way, then you're like, then you're like, Oh, I see. Like there's actually something already there. We're just kind of finding it, you know? And so, um, that, that's a big, like, as I, as I work on projects, like it used to be, again, it used to be like, I just stared at the screen and be like, I don't even know, you know, where, where, where should I go with this? Right. But, but now it's like, it's like, it's already all there. You just kind of have to like start to, to chip away. And then you start to see, you start to see what it's supposed to be. How do yeah. you find it? How do you chip away? Yeah. Ask a lot of questions. Uh, know the content that's critical. Um, like, you know, your client, know the content, uh, know what it is that they like, what they value. And, and then uh, the design starts to kind of bring those values to the surface. I, I think at that point, you, you have to stop looking at it like sculpture because um, it, it, it's, it's, it's more abstract than that. But, um, but I think that that's the way to do it. It's, it's like, again, knowing your content, knowing your client, uh, knowing what it is you're trying to solve. And... Um, and then the, the design of it starts to take shape very naturally at that point. Mm. So on the NEKC Foundation website, did you read all of their content before you started designing? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> some. Um, it was more about... Uh, it, it, I think as I approached it, it was about... Um, because again, like I, I knew nothing about what they did, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it, it takes time. It's like, it's kind of like you're, you have to make an approach and the way I kind of approach things is like, I look at it more general and I start, I try to like start to see patterns within their content and, um, and then like once I see like how their content is kind of bucketed or grouped or how, you know, how it's organized. 
um, you know, then you start to read into some of the stories, um, uh, you know, the life stories of people that the NEKC Foundation represent. And, you know, that's where like the voice and the feel and like the, you know what I mean? Like, right. Mm -hmm. That's where that all comes from. That's the emotion. Uh, like, you know, uh, Aaron uh, Walters, um, uh, who's, he was at MailChimp. Uh, where is he now? Vision? I think so. Uh, but, you know, like he, he wrote uh, Designing for Emotion. Mm. Uh, it's one of the List Apart books, um, or Book Apart. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, I got to chat with him, and I think that he fundamentally changed me as well. Like, he's a huge inspiration. Um, like, when he said that, you know, you know, design, like, with emotion, you know, the, the, the website or whatever it is that you're designing, find its humanity, you know, find its, what, who is that? You know, like, you know, like people do these personas and they're like, you know, mm -hmm. user personas, right. but like build a persona of, of your, of your, of your site. Like, who is that? You know? And, and then once you have that, 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 and that will, uh, that feeds everything, you know, it feeds, mm -hmm. it feeds the design. It, it, it powers, it informs, uh, what I need to do. And, um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. What questions should we be asking every client to start off a really good dialogue? When you, when you ask a client, when you ask a client, like if your site was a human being, you know, how would, how would they communicate? Like, how would they, how would they speak to you? You know? And, and once you get that question out there with a client, they're like, first they think you're weird. And then, <laughs> and then they they actually start thinking about it and they're like, Whoa, that's a really cool idea. You know, like the human experience is being funneled into it more and more and more and more. Right. Um, you know, people want that. They want to be able to relate. And I think that when clients, uh, are able to like kind of look at it that way. I think that that's a huge and a, a wonderful way to like kick off a, a project mm -hmm. and just allowing them to not like say, I am a human being and here is our website. It's like, we are this website. Right. This, this website is us. How do we want us to be represented? Yeah, that's great. I have a, a client that I'm worried about currently. Uh, we haven't kicked off the project quite yet, but. I'm definitely going to use that with them because I think it'll help connect them to the website in a way that they aren't yet. Yeah, it helps. It helps. It takes down a lot of barriers because yeah. uh, there's a lot of people still like, and I think it's a generational thing um, um, that are still a little bit hesitant when it comes to um, like technology in general. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, it really helps to take that awkwardness out of the equation um, because they, you know, there, there can be clients that look at you and they're like, you know, they're the, I, I, I it, it, it bothers me when, when a client feels intimidated by me, I'm mm -hmm. like, don't feel intimidated by me. I'm, <laughs> I'm your, I am on your side. Right. Now, whatever you need, I will, I will work to provide. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of what we're trying to do here is, is um, break down that barrier of technology and allowing the design to feel more, 
I think the web is becoming more and more human. Um, and I think that that is a wonderful thing. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm going to yeah. take that nugget with me. <laughs> Good. I, I heard or read the term like that design is invisible. And, you know, like when I started, um, you know, doing web design, it was like, you know, you would, you would, uh, it was a different, it was a different era. And there was, uh, you know, the, the client would come to you and be like, yeah, I, I need a new website. And you're like, okay. And they're like, just, you know, just, just make it. Yeah. Put up whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, for me, that was like, that was decorative design. Mm -hmm. Like it felt like I was an interior decorator and, you know, and, and in that design, I was using like Latin, you know, like gibberish, right. basically. Lorem ipsum. Lorem ipsum. And, um, I am not an, <laughs> I do not use lorem ipsum in my, in my, in my work, um, anymore. Uh, because like, I, I think that when I first started, I, 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 I thought that that's what, what it was to be a web designer and maybe it was, at right. the time. Mm -hmm. um, but now design is becoming more and more invisible. It, it's, it's like life in general. It's like, if you get to a city when you, you know, you're, you're going to do your, uh, your traveling and, or, you know, your travels and you get to a city and it's like, for some reason, this city feels totally different mm -hmm. than this other city. It's like that city was designed, mm -hmm. you know, that somebody architected that some, somebody engineered that and it's really, it's visible, but it's invisible. Mm -hmm. uh, like the design of it is, is everything, you know, it, right. it, it's, it's not only the buildings, it's not only the streets, it's like all, everything that's underneath mm -hmm. the streets, it's the culture that the city creates, it's the feeling, the vibe, all of that is, is designed. Right. And I think that if we look at our work as kind of like a vessel for, for like designing an exp like that experience, it feels intuitive and um, feels welcoming and comforting and you want to be there. You know, it's not a site that you just want to jump off of. Mm -hmm. It's a site that you want to dive into right? and just explore. And it's like, it's kind of like one of those go-to things. It's like, uh, I, I want to revisit it. You know, I want to go back to Berlin. Right. I want to go back to New York City. You know, whatever, um, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm being pretty abstract with my answers. I think um, there are the fundamentals. There are the, you know, you need you need to have structure uh, in your process. Like you need to have like deliverables. You need to mm. have like written down approvals and uh, you know all that kind of stuff. But I don't want to really I, what I prefer to like share is the, the, the other aspect the why. of why. Yeah. The, the, the why as, as designers, we obviously, we need to be smart. Um, you know, we need to like understand what it means to, to stay on, on task, you know, make requirements clear and, and provide solutions and glean understanding from analytics and, it's so complicated. Um, but I, I think that there is this concern 
that creativity is being lost. And I, I feel like that it's being rediscovered. Okay. Um, I feel that, you know, looking at it in a different way, um, you know, the people that are, that have that in their personality, the people that are artists, the people that are uh, sensitive and caring and thoughtful and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, like that is all there. And we just need to bring that into our work. And um, I think if we do that, then um, I think the web will be a better place. Yeah, so I think that's a kick in the pants for all of us to dig a little deeper and not just go with the status quo, but to think a little harder, to feel a little more and maintain that connection to, to our work instead of just checking out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. Where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at uh, Drew Workington. Uh, all one word. Um, I'm on Pinterest as Drew Workington. Uh, Instagram, Drew Workington. Basically everything. And can you spell your last name uh, for us? W-A-R-K-E-N-T-I-N. Oh, Dribble, Drew Workington. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much for being on Designer's Drink. I have enjoyed you immensely, and I'm going to take a lot out of this. Um, wish you well on your weekend. Awesome. Thank you so much. I don't want it to end, but I feel like it should because I think I talk too much. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> it's a podcast. It's for talking. 